Hello, all you beautiful, smart people. This is your host, The Mass Menace. And in today's episode, we will be talking about the current WWE releases. We will be talking about how full gear, AEW's pay-per-view, is going is right around the corner. And we will be having, of course, a teachable moment. Today is going to be very informative. So please sit back, relax, open your ear holes. And you just might learn something here on today's episode of Teachable Moments. Welcome, welcome to the seventh episode of Teachable Moments Podcast. You know, I can't believe it's been seven episodes, but this is your host, the former ACW television champion, the one, the only, the masked menace, aka Arch Clearance Kent, still suspended, but... What are you going to do, right? What are we going to do? But I can't believe it's seven episodes already. I mean, I started out this podcast not exactly knowing how well it was going to do. I've got some viewers. I mean, it's still slow, but it's picking up and all. But no, today's episode, like I said in the intro, is going to be very informative Okay, we have a lot that we want to cover, that we need, that we have a lot we're going to cover, and we got a short time to cover it in, and all. So, without further ado, we're going to get this thing rolling. Okay, okay, as many of you may have heard as of lately, if you're a wrestling fan, or you're a wrestler, or whatever... Anybody knows, every, almost everybody knows what WWE is. It's such a conglomerate federation, a huge conglomerate. And, I mean, for like the past, I want to say almost 20-some years, they really haven't had competition till AEW came along. And AEW doesn't like to really market themselves as WWE's competition. They just want to stick to their own thing and do their own thing. But the whole point was the last really big federation that was around that gave WWE even a hint of competition was WCW. Hence why people had the Monday Night Wars. Uh, Back in the 90s was the Monday Night Wars. It was WCW, Monday Nitro versus WWE, at the time it was WWF, but WWF's Monday Night Raw, or Raw was War, or, you know, it was like the Monday Night Wars, it was this huge thing, huge competition, I'm a firm believer that competition makes you stronger, and when W when WCW went out of business, WWE bought them. And, uh, let's see, um, but WWE bought them, and thus they had no competition for years. 
nothing. Because WCW went out of business in 2001. It is now 2021. So it's like literally 20 years. I mean, almost 20 years they didn't have competition. Uh, I think it's 2019 is when AEW started, if I'm correct. I think I am. Maybe 2020. But I'm pretty sure it's 2019. They started up and they just kept... Uh, they, they, they hit the ground running and all. They started out with the pay-per-view... And then they got their TV deal, which is sometimes backwards because usually you get the TV deal and then you get the pay-per-view. But it worked for them. Well, WWE now has competition. And I'm going to give you a little more insight into WWE. Back before then, it was WWF. Well, I had trouble to remember what it was called before then. But Vince's father, Vince McMahon Sr.'s father... Oh, it was Vincent Kennedy in the bench. Well, the current Vincent man, his father was the owner of uh, Vince McMahon, the owner of WWE right now. It, his father was the owner of WWF or whatever it was called beforehand. And he ran it and he had the, the likes of like big stars, uh, Bruno San Martino, uh, all of those people. Uh, a lot more people, basically. So, Vince McMahon, present Vince McMahon, he bought from his father. He bought the company from his father because he asked his father, what can I do to get the company? Okay, well, his father wasn't too keen on passing the... He was not going to pass WWE down to his son. He just wasn't. So he told his son, what you're going to have to do is you have to convince all of these shareholders that uh, convince them to give up their shares and to, let you, and to give it to you or sell it to you, whatever, and I will sell you the rest of the company if you can accomplish this. And Vince being the tactician and the businessman he was at the time and seeing something he wanted and going for it, he did exactly that. And he got his father to sell him the company. Hence why WWF became as big as it was. It used to be territorial. When wrestling used to be territorial, now it's like WWF or WWE... And every other company out there. Because supposedly WWE is the go-to company, the big-name company in the industry at the moment. And has been for years. And anybody who was anybody would go to WWE. They would go there because they wanted to be on WrestleMania. WrestleMania, the, the show of all shows. The place to be, the be-all, end-all. Well, let me go ahead and let y'all know, just because WWE is like the big company to go to, does not mean that, doesn't exactly mean you belong there, or that that's where your career is going to flourish better at.
Because I actually saw that on a tweet. Um, on Twitter recently. Going through my Twitter, saw that. Somebody posted something similar to that. To the likes of it. Yeah, and me, I personally wouldn't want to go to WWE. I think that some stars do well there. And then I believe some others just don't do well there. And whether it be on WWE's part, it being their fault, or the wrestler's fault, or the storyline writer's fault, they just don't succeed there. Some of them. I mean, you got people like Seth Rollins who's flourishing, Becky Lynch is flourishing, Roman Reigns is flourishing, Sasha Banks is flourishing, Becky Lynch, um, Bianca Belair, Randy Orton, but then again, as I've always said to my wife and some friends and other people, Randy Orton is so easy to figure out what you're going to do with him that if you can't figure out what you're going to do with him, you don't deserve to be a storyline writer. You don't deserve to be there. You need to hang up your, you need to put up your pen and your paper and then retire. Because it's so simple to put Randy Orton with him. Look at what they did. They put him with Bo, or what, not, not Bo, uh, the tag team's called RK Bro. Uh, can't remember the guy's name now. Um, not Bo Dallas. It's, I can't remember the guy's name now. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of him, but the point is Randy Orton put, they put Randy Orton with him and they created the tag team RK Bro. And they seem to be doing really well from everything I've seen. And all. Well, we're going to go on short intermission and we will be back after this. Okay, welcome back. We are back from that short intermission. Uh, this is your host, the one, the only, Masked Menace, aka Arch Clarence Kent, former television champion. So, you know I know what I'm talking about. Former ACW television champion. So, let's not forget that. ACW. In our last segment, before we went to intermission, we are talking... I gave you a brief rundown on a little bit of history of WWE and the Monday Night Wars that happened. If y'all like... The little info that you got of Monday Night Wars, let me know. And if you want to hear more about it, let me know. Contact me, leave comments, whatever. And I might even do an actual whole episode of just the Monday Night Wars. So just let me know. Keep me. Uh, just remember, you can contact me. Give me your input, your feed, and I will. Uh, answer back. I'll check into that. <clears throat> Anyhow, we talked about the brief history of WWE and the Monday Night Wars and uh, how WWE hadn't had competition in like years uh, until recently when AEW came along. Well, now we get to the part that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I had to lead up to it. WWE, as like I said, if anybody is a wrestling fan or a wrestler, you know 
WWE. You know what they are. You know it's ran by Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Now his daughter is Stephanie, his son is Shane McMahon, and his son-in-law is Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H. Well, recently WWE let go this massive, massive list of stars. Massive. Now, some I agree with and some I don't. Okay. Uh, Nia Jax recently got released, which, you know, I want to go ahead and say that my thoughts are with her because she put out in a tweet that she had took time off because of mental health issues that she had at the moment. So she was trying to battle that and get through that. So I want to say my thoughts are with her. My prayer, uh, my, my, she's in my prayers. Best of luck to her. Uh, and she's a strong, she's a fighter. She'll land on her feet. I have no doubt she's going to land on her feet. Um, they also let go of Eva Marie. Now, I'm going to say this, and it might not be an, uh, it might be an unpopular opinion, might be an unpopular thing. If it is, I apologize, but this is how it is. I don't think Eva Marie can wrestle. Point blank. I don't know why WWE hired her in her first run in WWE. She sucked. And why they thought bringing her back for a second run would be any better when she sucked even worse than she did in the first run. Now, I want to go ahead and put this out there. I have been in the ring with some wrestlers. Okay. I have been in the ring with the Cyclone. I have been in the ring with, well, I've been, I've seen the Cyclone wrestle. I haven't really per se been in the ring with him. I've been in the ring with Rojo Diablo. I've been in the ring with Venom, Mr. Crystal. I've been in the ring with Mike Levy, the best around, the best there is, the, uh, the best around Mike Levy. Uh, I've been in the ring with the Mime, tag teamed with him. I've been in the ring with uh, quite a few stars, quite a few wrestlers. I want to go ahead and put this out there. I do have to give props to Eva Marie. She trained. I don't know who trained her. <sighs> I hope she was trained. Uh, if she was trained, I don't know who trained her. They did a lousy job, in my opinion. But for her to step foot in that ring and stand and be there in front of thousands of people and entertain them, that alone deserves props. Now, with the props out of the way props are even given she should not have been in that ring if she cannot wrestle she is not entertaining i do not go out of my way to watch eva marie wrestle there are some women i would go out of my way to watch wrestle sasha banks is one of them bianca belair is another becky lynch is definitely high up on that list Lita, Trish, Ivory, Victoria, Velvet Sky, Madison Rain. These are women I would go out of my way and watch wrestle. 
don't get me wrong, there are quite a few wrestlers I would, quite a few female wrestlers I wouldn't go out of my way to wrestle. Even Marie just happens to be really high up on that list. She should never, she should not be in that ring. In my opinion, she can't wrestle. I'm afraid she's going to get herself hurt or she's going to do worse and hurt somebody else. So the fact that WWE let Eva Marie go, I 100% agree with it. Now, should Eva Marie never be in the wrestling business? No, no. There is probably some talent that she has that would be more suited for her in the wrestling business. That would do her well. Wrestling is not one of them. She could be a valet. She could be a manager. She could commentate if she knows a wrist lock from a if she knows the difference between a wrist lock from a wrist watch. Yes, and see that's a term that's thrown around a lot. Uh, that doesn't get thrown around a lot, but back in the day it was used a lot. Don't know the difference between a wrist lock and a wrist watch. DDP used that one time, and it was um him saying he didn't know. Basically, he didn't know the terminology, so. He didn't think he'd be a good color commentator. Turned out he was actually a good color commentator. I quite enjoyed listening to him call matches. But no, Eva Marie shouldn't be a wrestler, in my opinion. Now, that's not me taking away from her guts and willingness to get in the ring and entertain people. Like I said, props are given in that area. But... Do not put her back in the ring. If her first run sucked, why would you bring her back for a second run? One, not only are you embarrassing yourself, you're embarrassing her. It's just horrible to do to somebody. Shouldn't do that. Uh, they also let go of Frankie Monet. Uh, I think she was called uh, the Valkyrie, I think. Whatever. I can't remember the horror whole thing. But she got let go. They got let. They let go of Scarlett Bordeaux, who always accompanied Karrion Cross. So they let them go. Karrion Cross was a huge talent. Great, he is a huge talent. Let me correct that. Huge talent. And I don't get why they let him go. Um, there was quite a bit. I think Keith Lee was let go and. They were just getting ready to do something with them. See, that that gets me. Uh, I'm going to talk more about that part here in a bit. Uh, but before I do, let's go to another short intermission. And we will be back. Hello, we are back again. Thank you for sticking with us. We are back from that short intermission. You are listening to Teachable Moments Podcast. This is your host, the Mass Menace, the one and only Arch Clarence Kent, former ACW television champion. So you know that I know what I'm talking about. Anyhow, before we went to intermission... We did. We were talking about WWE releases. I would like to continue in to that. Continue on. Now we were talking about 
the stars being released and how I agree with some of them and I don't agree with certain ones. Keith Lee. We were starting to talk about him. Keith Lee also got released. And it's a shame because they were just about to do something with Keith Lee, I guess. They had just gave him a heel change, I guess it is. They repackaged his character. They worked all that. They brought him back. He had, I think, maybe two matches or so. I don't know. After he got repackaged. And then he disappeared off of TV. And then they break the news that Keith Lee has been released. It makes no sense to me. Keith Lee could be a star anywhere he goes. Anywhere he goes. If he is used right. See, that's the problem with these WWE releases. Okay, let's say that Eva Marie was actually a really good wrestler. I guess I'm going back to that because I don't believe she is. But let's say she was an actual, she was actually a really good wrestler. Or no, we're not going to go that far. A decent, let's go with decent wrestler. And let's say the only reason she sucked was because. Are the storylines that were given to her. Well, that is the storyline writer's fault. Because there are wrestlers that have, that are really good, but in one area they sucked because the storylines sucked. And we focused on that on, past, on one of the past episodes about how the storylines in WWE suck. Okay. How Roman Reigns is actually good at what he does because he's not scripted when it comes to his promo. Roman Reigns does his promo. He takes the person that he knows he's going to be facing, talks about them, and builds them up. He did that with John Cena in the pay-per-view on the pay-per-view that I actually did watch, the Roman Reigns versus John Cena match at the pay-per-view, where John Cena could have been 17-time world champion. Okay, Roman didn't totally insult John Cena. He didn't bury him in a promo. He built John Cena up. He said John Cena is probably the greatest wrestler in WWE. He was great enough to be world heavyweight champion. He was great enough to be a tag team champion. He was great enough to be that. But then he goes and he's like, it's just not good enough to be universal champion. He built John Cena up so well that going into that match, you were you were willing to go and tune into that pay-per-view just to see that match and to see if John Cena lost or if he won. That's how you do it. Okay. Keith Lee was repackaged into this new persona. And then he, after coming back for a short time after being repackaged, they let him go. Just like they were doing. So they did that stuff with, they did that stuff with, um, Alistair Black. 
Okay. No, now they call him Alistair Black. Uh, I'm trying to remember what they called him in, um... I'm guessing, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to remember what they called him in, hold on. Okay, in AEW he's called Malachi Black, but in WWE he was called Alistair Black. I was right about that. Okay. They did that same thing with Alistair Black in WWE, who is now known as Malachi Black. They re were they were they looked like they were repackaging Alistair Black. They built him. They did this and they did vignettes and they did all these things to be like, hey, here he comes and we've got really great things coming for him. Up, oh, but we let him go. Because we had nothing for him. You had nothing for him. Although you did vignettes on building his character up after you repackaged him, building him up, doing all that stuff, and you showed vignettes, and you got people excited, and then you go, oh, we have nothing for him, so we're going to let him go. It bum-fuzzles me that a company who keeps making record profits... Yes, record profits. WWE keeps raking in the money. He keeps they keep raking in the money. And they keep making record profits. Yet they keep firing their stars. Because why uh we have we can't afford you. It's budget cuts. It's just business. It's budget cuts. We we don't know what to do. We can't afford you. Yet, you make record profits. And you keep making money. Yet, you can't afford to pay your stars. In my opinion, there is something wrong with that. You make record profits, but you can't pay your stars. So you let them go. Well, if you're making record profits and you can't pay your stars, then, then where's the money going to? Hmm? How can you not pay your stars if you're making record profits? You're making a lot of money, but you can't pay your stars. One or two things is either happening. Well, I'll give you a few options. Either... You know, actually, I'll touch on that in the next segment, but it, it bumfuzzles me, it does. And I'll tell you why here in a bit. But let's continue with some of the releases. Ember Moon. They let Ember Moon go. That also got me. Ember Moon. Uh, and then there's this thing that comes, mm, that comes up. That I will be touching on in the next segment as well. But, and it just causes me to scratch my head. But we're going to go to a short intermission and then we will be back. Hello, we are back. We are back. And you're listening to the seventh episode of. Teachable Moments on the Teachable Moments podcast. This is your host, The Mass Menace, the former ACW television champion, the one, the only, Arch Clarence Kent. And thank you for sticking with us through that short intermission. 
on the last segment, we talked about more WWE releases and we talked about stuff. I want to shift gears from that for a second. It still talk. It still has to do with releases, but I want to talk about something. First off, record profits. WWE has made record profits, yet they can't afford to pay their stars. Okay, I talked about how there's a few things that could be going on there. Let's say you are making record profits, but you keep firing your stars because, you know, you have no money, you can't afford to pay them. Then that means you're either making money, that means you're making money, and the people... But you're still too inept to realize that you could pay your stars money. Okay. Second thing that could be happening. Record profits, but can't pay your stars, so we gotta fire them. Either you lie, uh, you could be lying about your record profits. Trying to mask and hide something. Then in all actuality, you really can't pay your stars, which means you've got somebody running your business that doesn't know how to do business. And then there's another thing which has seeped into my mind and I thought about multiple times. You make record profits, but you fire your stars. It's this seems to be one that I think is more of a viable option. You're firing them so you can keep enough money to hire people like, and don't don't get me wrong, I like this one guy. I, I enjoy watching him wrestle. His name's John Cena. You're going to pay John Cena. You, you're trying to fire all these people so you have enough money to pay to get John Cena back. Okay, or you're saving up enough money to get Brock Lesnar back, which they recently brought Brock Lesnar back. I don't know how much they paid him. I would be shocked. I would be afraid to find out how much they paid him. And then there's the last one. You're saving up money to pay Goldberg to come back. Huh. Either way, you're letting go of these top young talents to bring back people who have already wrestled and have already been in their prime and they've had their time in the spotlight. No offense to John Cena. John Cena got smart later and decided he could go into Hollywood and make more money doing that than he could wrestling. I don't fault the guy. He he thought as a businessman, he decided, hey, you know, I could make a lot more money doing this and not throw my body around the ring and damage it and make it hard for me to get up in the morning. I could go and do this in Hollywood and make a lot more money and have a stunt double do my stunts for me. And whatever. I can't blame the guy. I can't fault the guy. He decided he, he found out the what Rock found out, that they could make more money in Hollywood doing than acting and they could save their body. Uh, from all that damage. I can't fault them. They got smart. They were smart. They they thought of their own livelihood. And they thought, okay, well, I got kids. I want to be able to spend time with my kids. Okay, that's fine. But here's the thing. 
WWE paid probably John Cena a lot of money to come back and face Roman Reigns. Okay, they I don't know how much they paid Brock Lesnar. Okay, Brock Lesnar realized his kids were more uh, are more important than the WWE, so that's why he's got a part time contract with the WWE. He wants to spend more time with his family than he does with the WWE. I can't blame him. And then you got Goldberg, who wrestles like two times out of the year. I'd be afraid to find out what they paid him. But you fired all these stars to get them. I know somebody's going to be like, no, that's not what happened. That's my opinion. Mine. Next, Ember Moon. Ember Moon. They let Ember Moon go. Then I'm trying to think to, to myself, why would they let Ember Moon go? What happened? What caused them to let her go? And then I see this this report about WWE's new principle going forward. And that is that they hire, they, well, they want to reach a younger demographic. So they're going to go for younger stars. 20 female wrestlers to be hired in WWE had to be 25 years or younger. Okay, 25 years or younger. I find it funny that that report comes out when, when after all these releases, and some of these releases were women. Uh, let's see, Talia Valkyrie, Talia is the woman's name, there we go, Talia, who is, uh, Frankie Monet, okay, she is 38, she gotta let go, um, what is, was it, Ember Moon got let go, I don't know how old she is, okay, there's a lot of stars, and and it surprises me that you're twenty that these women had to be twenty five years or younger. One, I think that's I wouldn't say sexist, but the fact that you're gonna keep men who are in their forties on the roster and the women you're gonna you're gonna get rid of. Because they're not 25 or younger. In my opinion, that is sexist. In my opinion, you're being fooled if you think that what you're saying, women are old if they're 38. That's not true. I believe there are some wrestlers that only reach their peak and do their best wrestling when they're in their 30s. And that's women included. So, I don't get that whole logic. You got to be, women have to be 25 years or younger if they want to be hired by the WWE. Well, that's just ridiculous. I know. That is. That's ridiculous. All these women that spend their time on the independent scene as well as, well as men do, they spend years grinding and grinding and grinding and working and sacrificing and sacrificing, like, like in Dark Side of the Ring, which I will get to in a bit, 
sacrificing all of this these years and all of birthdays and Christmases and stuff just to get to the WWE. And then they're told, oh, you're too old. Sorry. Well, that's just ridiculous. I do not agree with that. But that's my opinion, right? I mean, who am I other than a person who's stating their opinions? So, yeah, that, 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 that's how I feel about that. And all. Uh, we're going to go and take another short intermission, and we will be back, and I will touch on some dark side of the ring. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're back from that short intermission. Thank you for sticking with us, and thank you for listening to today's episode of Teachable Moments Podcast. I am your host, The Mass Menace, former ACW television champion, aka the one, the only Arch Clarence Kent. Now, we were talking about in our last segment record profits and still releasing your stars and why it makes no sense. Well, now <coughs> we're going to shift gears away from that and we're going to talk about an episode of Dark Side of the Ring. I just recently saw. The episode of a few episodes of Dark Side of the Ring, and that was um, one of them was Luna Fashon. Luna Fashon, that was an interesting episode. I mean, it was, it showcases that first off, mental illness is it's horrible, it is. Found out that Luna Fashon was bipolar. Which sucks. For anyone who deals with bipolar issues, it sucks. Uh, I can't say, I can't speak for them on what they go through. Because I don't have bipolar. But I've been around people who do have bipolar. It sucks. It does. Um, like I said, we, uh, Luna Vashon was a uh, focal point of one of the episodes. And... It was interesting. You you heard from Gangrel and how what happened when they got married and drugs involved with her her doing drugs. How he did some drugs in the process, I think. Don't quote me because I can't remember if he quite came out and said that he did drugs. But he kinda hinted at it, I think. So that went on. Uh they talked about all the struggles that Luna Vashon had in WWE trying to be back at the time there was WWF trying to become WWF women's champion but which didn't happen okay Warren being she faced um Sable at the time at the time Sable was just starting out didn't know how to wrestle had never whatever she was a pretty face hired by Vince walks up to uh Luna Vashon and tells Luna Vashon, I don't have to take a bunch of bumps because, you know, Vince says I'm going to become the women's world champion. Luna Vashon, bless her heart, took care of her in that ring. Basically was told if there was a bruise or a scratch found on Sable, 
after that match that she would be fired. One, do you know how hard he is to wrestle in a match and not get bruised up? It's 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 really difficult. I've ended up with more bruises than I can count at the moment. I've skinned my elbows. I've uh, messed up my wrist. I've done all of that stuff while wrestling. It is not easy to not get scraped and bruised up and whatever. It's quite hard to do. And the fact that Luna Fashan wrestled Sable and she didn't get bruised. See, that, that's horrible. Man, that is horrible to do to somebody. And and they didn't even give Luna Fashan recognition through that match, which was ridiculous. It's ridiculous. She did such a great job in that match. She should have been praised for what she did. And, and she wasn't. And that just makes me sick. It does. It is insane. It is. And then... Um, Medusa walks up to her and says to her one point down the road, I guess, at this time, Medusa has the title, WWF Women's title. I remember that because Medusa left WWE at the time, or at the time it was WWF, came to WCW. And dropped the title in the trash can. <laughs> like threw it away. Which was shocking at the time. Because it was just never heard of. You You didn't do that kind of stuff. And the fact that that happened was like. Oh, did she just do that? Well before she went. The WCW and did that. She was facing Luna Vachon. And she told Luna. Okay I don't care what they want. I don't. I don't care I'm going to drop the title for you to you okay you deserve it you're a hard worker and Luna Vachon kept adamantly going like no no I don't want you getting fired I don't want you to get fired on my account please don't do this well <clears throat> she Medusa goes like, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyways. They get into the match. And even through it, Lena Vachon wouldn't do it. She wouldn't. She didn't want her to get fired on her behalf. So Medusa rolls her up, pins her. One, two, three. Lena Vachon never had the WWF, WWF women's title. Which is a disgrace for how much of a hard worker she was. I'm going to take another quick short inter intermission. We And I will come back for... To talk about AEW, AEW's upcoming pay per view, uh, full gear. Stick with us, we'll be back. Hello, we are back from intermission. This is your host, The Mass Menace, former ACW television champion, the one, the only, Arch Clarence Kent. And you are listening to Teachable Moments. Last segment we talked about the Luna Vachon episode of Dark Side of the Ring and uh, my outlook on that. 
now we shift gears, and AEW has a new has a pay per view coming up. It's gonna be on the thirteenth, and it's called Full Gear. <clears throat> and yeah, there's a lot of matches going on that I'm actually looking forward to seeing. Um. Uh, there's an Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk match. They did a promo on the latest episode of Dynamite. And, or was it? No, it was Rampage. My bad. It was Rampage they did it on. And they Eddie talks about how CM Punk was his hero. And... And then he gets to meet him and CM Punk judges him. Well, CM Punk's like, hey, we're sorry if we held you to a certain standard because of the greatness we saw in you. It's not our fault that you came up short. It's your fault. It is our fault. It is shame on us for expecting greatness out of you because you failed, because you're nothing but a bomb. That was an interesting promo or altercation, which led to... The match that's happening on Full Gear. Uh, Eddie Kings versus CM Punk. I'm looking forward to that. Can't wait to see that. We have MJF versus Darby Allen happening at Full Gear. The two two of the pillars of AEW. Okay. Because I think they talked about how MJF was a pillar. Darby Allen is a p pillar. Hangman Adam Page, I think, and there was somebody else. I can't remember who else. But how they're the pillars. There's like four pillars of AEW, is how it was stated. Hold on. I will look it up real quick and I will let you know. Okay, correction. It's MGF, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Jungle Boy. The four pillars of AEW. And so we get the Darby Allen versus MGF match at Full Gear, which is going to be fantastic. Can't wait. It's going to be great. I'm quite enjoying that. One, MGF is such a great talker on the mic. Can cut a promo better than most people that I have ever seen cut a promo. I would stick him with the likes of, I don't know, um... Ric Flair and um, Tully Blanchard. I'd stick them with the likes of Bret Hart and Dusty Rhodes. Great promo workers. Great. So he can cut a promo. He built that matchup so well because he built up Darby Allen. We talked about that earlier in this episode. Like when Roman built up John Cena for the match. MJF has done so well. He's built up in, in the span of one promo he did a few, a few weeks back or whatever. When, or a month ago, I don't know. The four pillars of AEW. He built up Jungle Boy. He built up Sammy Guevara. And he built up Darby Allin while also building himself up. He's a great promo worker and he's also a great wrestler i don't think he, he's i don't think the aw universe has seen everything mjf can do mm -hmm. it just so happens to be 
He's really good on that mic. And he's a great heel. All the fans hate him. Which is great. I'm looking forward to that match. MJF versus Darby Allen. Probably the match I'm looking forward to out the most. Right behind the Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page match. I am so looking forward to that match. I am. I think it's about that time. I know this. I think it was Disco Inferno talked on a podcast recently saying how he thinks Kenny Omega should win. And then CM Punk come out afterwards and, like, they launch their feud. And him challenge for the title. I think that Hangman should win. Hangman's had a long time coming. No disrespect to Disco Inferno. None whatsoever. But Hangman's had it coming for a long time. I think Hangman would be the right choice. I mean, let's face it. Hangman and Chris Jericho were... Was the match they had for the to crown the very first AEW World Heavyweight Champion, the inaugural champion, and Chris Jericho won it. Hangman has been clawing his way back up to the top to try and make it. He's gotten his self confidence back. He believes in himself. I think it's about time for Hangman to win the title. And then if CM Punk wanted to, he could go on and challenge Hangman. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that would be great. Um, we also have quite a few others. We have uh, the Super Click versus Jungle Express and Christian. I mean, it looks like it'd be a good match. I'm looking forward to a lot of those matches, matter of fact, not to mention the Daniel Bryan versus Miro match for the AEW uh, final for the final of the AEW Eliminator World Eliminator Tournament, uh, AEW World Title Eliminator Tournament. Uh, Bryan Danielson versus Miro. That should be a good match. Can't wait. It should be good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, full gear should be good. I think it's the fi- I think it's the final pay per view this for AEW this year. I think so. I'm looking forward to it as well. We're gonna go on another for one more final short. I want to say final short intermission. We're gonna go for an intermission, and we will be back after this. Hello, we are back from that short intermission. This is your host, The Mass Menace, former ACW television champion. The one, the only Arch Clearance Kent. You are listening to Teachable Moments. Now the time has arrived. The time has arrived for that segment that this whole show is built around. And that is... A teachable moment. Now, in the past, we talked about self-respect, common sense, tact, you know, so on, so on. If you watch my videos, I'll talk about different things, you know, through teachable moments, episodes, 
But today we're going to talk about something that gets me in today's society. And it's the fact that this generation is way too sensitive. Way too sensitive generation. And here, you may ask, hey Arch, what do you mean by way too sensitive generation? And I reply with, glad you asked, let me tell you. See, I grew up in the 90s. We went out, we played, we swam, we fell down, we skinned our knee. We went, we put peroxide on it, we put band-aid on it, we got sent back out and we played. Okay, we jumped on the trampoline, we broke our toe, we got bandaged up, and we, we tried to be smarter, but we're ki we were kids at the time. It happens. You, we did all that stuff. We fall down, we got back up, we did all that mm -hmm. stuff. Because it's what built us into what we were going to be in the future. To fast forward to today's society. Kids today are spending 15 hours on a video game. Won't go outside and play. They see the sun and go like a vampire. They don't jump on trampolines much anymore. They don't do... They don't fall down, skin their knee, go get it clean, come out and play. No. No, they go on the wine. And they want mommy and daddy to fix it. Yeah, we, we did... We wanted our mom and dad to fix a lot of our issues, too. When we were kids, the difference is they let us learn from our mistakes. Okay? Heck, let me tell you a little story about me. When I was a kid... I'd sprung my ankle. Okay, doing something stupid, of course. I let some guy full on tackle me, unaware of that that was probably a stupid idea to do. I went on, walked all throughout the rest of the meeting I was at at the time, on that sprung ankle, not realizing it was sprung. By the time I get home, it is so sore. It is. So, I am so in pain. It's probably the worst pain I've ever felt. They had troubles taking my shoe off. Because my ankle had gotten so swollen. We went to the hospital. They said, yeah, he sprung his ankle. They put me on crutches. I went through it. I did that. I got... How can I put this? Day I got off crutches, doctor's like, yes, he can get off crutches that day, but do not let him run. What do you think is the first thing I did? I ran. I raced somebody, ran my knee straight into the doghouse shingles, straight into the doghouse where the shingles are, and it split my knee open. Went, that was probably some of the most painful pain I've ever felt. Went to the doctor. The doctor's like, you ran DM. I'm like, how'd you know? He's like, how do you think I make my money? Y'all don't listen. Okay. But that built me into what I am today. That helped build me into what I am today. Okay. 
we were sent out. We played. We did all that stuff. We we got we got dirty. We got our skin dirty. We got dirt underneath our nails. We went in. We washed them. We did all that. We we built character. Today's generation, they decide they don't want to do that. They want to play video games, or they want everything handed to them. Or they complain and they get offended when somebody gives them their opinion. I was always taught when I was a kid: be truthful to somebody, even if they don't like what they what you have to say. If you hurt them too bad, if you hurt their feelings, boo hoo. But I was also taught a certain decorum of respect, which is another thing this generation doesn't have. Our generation is too sensitive. And who is to blame for that? Huh? I'll tell you who, the parents today. Parents today who raise such sensitive, spoiled, entitled generation. It's the parents' fault. They don't teach them right from wrong. They don't teach them, no, you don't do this. They don't tell them, hey, go out and play, jump on the trampoline. No, they don't do that anymore. They want to coddle and protect them, not realizing all they're doing is harming them. Then the kids do get into crime, and they go to prison, and they wonder, oh, my God, why did my kid end up this way? Because you didn't raise him, pro raise him or her properly. That's why. Spank your kid every once in a while. Get over it. It's not abuse to spank your kid. I don't care what any specialist says. You want it, You want your kid to respect you? You give him a good spanking. Yeah, yeah. The relationship's gonna change. He's gonna realize he or she's gonna realize who's in charge. And then you start building your kid to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. You start building your kid to be tough and then they teach their kid that way and they and their kid teaches their kid that way and then we save the generation they don't become sensitive little pansies but yeah key moral of this teachable moment is stop raising weaklings yeah parents i'm talking to you stop raising weaklings teach them right from wrong build them into strong people Build them into the strong people that's going to usher in the new generation. Don't raise entitled, spoiled, sensitive pansies for kids. Okay? Don't do it. Save yourself and us a lot of stress and worry and headache by raising someone you can be proud of. See, and on that note, that has been our teachable moment of the day. We will be. Uh, thank you for listening. Well, 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 this has been a very informative episode of Teachable Moments. I want to thank everybody who's joined in and hung in and listened, tuned in. I want to say thank you. Uh, today we talked about WWE releases. We talked about um, AEW's full gear coming up and what matches I'm looking forward to the most. We also talked about Teachable Moments, how 
this generation is too sensitive and everything like that. But I want to thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you. I hope y'all sat back, relaxed, opened your ear holes, and maybe, just maybe, you learned something on today's episode of Teachable Moments. This has been your host, The Mass Menace, former ACW television champion, the one, the only, Arch Clearance Kent. And this has been Teachable Moments. Mass Menace, out.